You are Locked On Lakers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Lakers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am joined for the last time, officially. I think he'll be coming back every so often, but officially. We'll see. We'll see how today goes. <laughs> Harrison Fagan. Uh, Harrison, you're about to embark on just all the spa days that you could possibly want. Are you like, that has to be a little daunting. Yes, that's actually so. I what I've decided is it's time to focus on my true love, and that is not <laughs> podcasting. So I'm going to I am I'm retiring from Locked On Lakers. I'm leaving Lakers Nation and heading to the spa. That a, is uh, that's a, the next job. As a final gift, I'm going to give you the business idea of a lifetime. Are you ready? Uh, probably not, but I guess like what's one more show I can take a bad pun? All right, it's it's a podcast. From a spa, so it's called a no, spodcast. Ah, uh, okay. Let's. Can we get into the show? Come on, man. This is my last show. Like, stop it. Just. I gotta. I'm, I'm gritting my teeth right now. I'll get through one more with you. But let's let's get ready to talk about Paul George. All right. Yeah, we're gonna, that's, we're, all, that's all that's left. So today, we're gonna talk about Paul George trying to say nothing. Uh, that's going to be the intro, the A block of the show. And then we're going to throw to a conversation that we had with Roni Turioff that was tremendous. Like I, I, I hate over promising and stuff, but this dude brought it. He was really good, uh, and we and got my, out of the my way. replacement on Locked On Lakers. You'll know, stay <laughs> yeah. tuned and find out. Yeah, so uh, that'll be the uh, that'll be the B and I guess kind of sort of C block. That's a nice long conversation. And on the back end of it, Harrison has his final. We we were deciding, we were debating. What you guys would like to send Harrison off with, uh, we we decided on a final Harrison's hot take that he says you guys are going to really enjoy, but I might find a little iffy. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. And then I'd we are that's accurate. And then we are Harrison's going to talk about what's what's happening next. He has a pretty cool big announcement that he's going to make, uh, and that'll wrap up Harrison's final official show. That's what we in the business call a tea. Sorry for interrupting you, but shouts to Reddit. <laughs> As always, make sure you guys are following the show on Megaphone slash Panoply, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Today's Fast Break, Spotify, Alexa, Lakers Nation, where Harrison writes, Lakers Outsiders, where I write. You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony in LA. You can follow Harrison on Twitter at I'm about to make a big announcement that changes Anthony's intro. <laughs> and Anthony is just realizing that now. <laughs> uh, let's, let's talk about we're, we're going to Harrison grab the audio from Paul George's uh, exit interview. So we're going to quickly let him put in his own words. We should have said Paul George and Roni Turioff making guest appearances on Locked on Lakers. Just only one of them knows what they're doing it. Star-studded final show and Paul George and Roni Turioff stop by. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul George, uh, what what's... How did you enjoy? Did you enjoy playing in Oklahoma City? What's coming next uh, for you this offseason? And does playing in your hometown matter? I mean, it, it, I would I would say, you know, almost everybody in this league 
would have loved uh, to to play at home. Um, I, I won't say that's that's a lie. Um, everybody would love to play for their home uh, in one way or another. Um, but that that won't be the that's not like you know the only you know option for for why I want to go somewhere is because it's home. Not at all. Wow, so, Paul, that was a really interesting answer. Thank you for your one and only appearance on Locked On Lakers. We really appreciate it. And you don't even have to say goodbye. You can just you can hang up. We mm-hmm. appreciate you coming on. Uh, it was nice chatting with you again. We'll see you in L.A. Yep. Can't wait to, to, to talk to you a little bit longer in, in a few months. Uh, so the way I kind of took all of his exit interview stuff was he was just – it sounded to me like he was trying to please everybody. Right, he has a huge decision. What Paul George just saying a bunch of things that he thinks are answers <laughs> that reporters slash fans want to hear? I would never. My my favorite my favorite thing of that of that day and the coverage of that day was uh, Royce Young saying that you know it sounded like he was talking about next year. It sounded like it was done on purpose. Of course, it was done on purpose. Like everything that Paul George did that day was done on I, purpose. I did. To pull that uh, to pull that audio, I mean, uh, we had Paul George on Locked On Lakers, but mm-hmm. uh, to to do that, you know, we I listened to most of his exit interview, and he gave a lot of answers that were like, you know, like I'd like to be back here, like they they checked all the right boxes. He said all of the right things, but then he also very much left the door open for him to walk out and slam the door. And <laughs> I guess in Oklahoma City they call it pull a KD. Uh, I. All right, let's let's just final final prediction, then we'll get to the Roni Turioff stuff. Uh, final prediction here for Paul George. I'll let you you want you let I'll go first, and then you can wrap up, and we'll okay. send it to the. I'm predicting Paul George is a Laker. I'm I'm predicting I'm I'm willing to go out there and say that it is a 95 percent chance that he becomes a Laker. I'm going to go a little lower than that, but I'll say after that exit interview, I'll say 70. And that's higher than I was most of the season where I thought it was like 50-50, maybe 60-40. Now, the, the, the Philly thing, for that's that's kind of caught a lot of momentum as they've played really well. Personally, if I were Philly, I would probably target Chris Middleton instead of Paul George because that weakens Giannis Antetokounmpo's team and Giannis is coming at some point. Uh, so, so that's, that's just me though. Paul George does fit perfectly with what, with what Philadelphia is trying to do. Um, yeah, I think he's a more realistic option there than I think LeBron is because I think number one, LeBron's like the, him and Ben Simmons, they have the rich Paul client connection, but I honestly think that works against Philly because I think LeBron will want to let Simmons become him rather than come and overstay, like overshadow him. Ooh, that's a good but point. the Paul George thing I could see. Yeah. The, the, We'll see how that turns out. The five, I, I think there is zero percent chance he returns to Oklahoma City. So like the five yeah. percent thing is Philly, zero percent chance he goes back. The other thing to take into account he, here, just there real was quick, an, if he goes to Philly, can he just announce it like via a tweet call, that just says "trust the Paul Sess? Oh my god, that's way worse than my podcast joke. Way yeah. worse. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say. Uh, Carmelo Anthony also gave an exit interview, and it was fiery. <laughs> if I was Paul George, I would not want to go to a place where uh, Russell Westbrook is owed roughly the GDP of Uzbekistan uh, over the next four years. And I can't even dispute that. That may that might be correct. <laughs> Paul uh, Carmelo Anthony is owed twenty eight million next year. Uh, they they use a lot of their assets to get Paul George and Stephen Adams. 
Uh, yes, Andre Robertson could come back, and that was a, a difference maker for the Ho- Oklahoma City Thunder. But if I was Paul George, would I want to go to a place where Andre Robertson is the game changer? I'd be a little dubious there. So I think it's 95% chance he winds up a Laker, 5% chance he winds up a 76er, 0% chance he winds up a uh, Russell Westbrook minion once again. Uh, let's throw to the Roni Turioff conversation a really, really good one. Maybe our most fun interview ever. Yeah. I, all due respect to all of our other guests. That, that, I had a lot of fun with that one. He was really good. Let's get to that. And then on the other side, Harrison gives his final hot take. All right, we are joined now by Roni Turioff, of, formerly of the Los Angeles Lakers, won a title with the Miami Heat. He's enjoying, I would imagine, uh, retirement and, and what's been a fun offseason so far or postseason so far. Roni, how you doing? Pretty good about yourself, guys. Pretty good. I'm, I'm doing great. Thanks, uh, thanks a ton for hopping on with us. I'd like to personally say that uh, in the Irwin household, you're one of the most popular Lakers ever. I, I personally have uh, in, an enlarged aorta myself, so you kind of going through that and then coming, coming out on the other end. Uh, was pretty inspirational. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I know I know how it feels. So I'm there for you if you need me, my man. <laughs> thank you. So I, I kind of wanted to start there. We uh, I I was going back through your career uh, in preparation for this, and your career was was a pretty significant roller coaster, right? You get drafted by the Lakers, and then you find out uh, that you need open heart surgery. The Lakers fortunately did come through and pay for for your medical stuff, but can you just kind of take us through that moment of, oh, my goodness, I, the high of being drafted by the Lakers and then immediately finding that out? What was what was that moment like for you? Uh, I mean, if I'm being completely transparent, like everything happens so fast. Mm-hmm. And I feel like to this to this day, I'm still dealing with like, what does that mean? Like, what did that mean? You know what I mean? And I feel like the, the first thing that, that that comes to my mind is like, um very significant like moments like a conversation with my mom like talking to Mitch Kupchak um being in the hospital bed like doctor bus like paying for my surgery like thank you so much for the bus family and stuff like that so everything was such a such a blur and everything happened so fast that for me to really kind of like step back and look at it now that I that I um done playing basketball and I'm just looking at it and reflecting on my life and to be able to have the time and the mental capacity to be able to do so like I'm just so lucky to have been able to have played 10 years uh, in the NBA after that crazy crazy moment was there ever a moment of of doubt did you ever were you ever concerned that you might not be able to play in the NBA no no that's that's that I think you kind of have to go through that because you did you did kind of come through your recovery was a lot shorter than people anticipated was it was just like a a maniacal drive I would guess right Yeah and you know like I want to give I want to take this time to give a shout out to not only the Lakers but the Gonzaga University family community the fans like my family because because the reason why uh I came back so fast is is because Everything was laid out for me to be surrounded by love, family, community, so I could only focus on just recovering as fast as I can. And if it wasn't for the people around me, 
I would not be here today. And I think that's a testament of the power of your community, the power of prayers, the power of, of just love. You know, like when you're just surrounded by love 24-7, like for me, my job was was easy. Give me a basketball, uh, get me a basketball court, get me a coach uh, that loves me uh, in, in Tommy Lloyd and the, and the trainer, Jennifer Nyland, that dealt with me and my moods. Uh, up and down, um, my job was easy, and I think that's all due to them. You you talk about all that love and sense of community, and like Anthony mentioned, that you were like a huge fan favorite going up, growing up in his household. And I know he's not alone among Laker fans in that. Like, why do you think that you were able yeah. to so quickly become such a fan favorite and like resonate with so many people? I think the the, the same thing. Quote, and I'm going to use that word lightly, okay, but. The same thing that makes me great, and what I mean by great is the fact that I'm part of the one percent. I'm, I'm no way, shape, or form greater than anybody else. But I think that what allowed me to get to the NBA, people recognize themselves in me because, and that's the same thing that people sometimes hate me for. They're like, "How in the hell did you make it to the NBA? Like what?" You're not 6'11", <laughs> 255 pounds. You're not a great shooter. You're not a great this. You're not a great that. But I think what I had that, that, that made me different is that my heart is literally <laughs> probably bigger than everybody else. <laughs> and, and I'm willing to die for the people. Like literally, I was willing and I'm still willing to die for the people that I care about. And I think that People recognize themselves in that. And we all love the underdog story. You know what I mean? Like, come on. I got drafted. And the it's like a picture-perfect, like, crazy B-list movie. You're like, oh, my God, this guy went through reverse and he made it back. <laughs> like, thank you so much. Like, whoa! We want to cheer for those guys. And I think that um, having – it was just a, a, a perfect timing coming into the Lakers organization and, the, and this fraternity – uh, of, of amazing people just trying to make something happen in LA when uh, we was trying to build back to the uh, championship level. It's it's. I'm glad you kind of bring up the the place that the Lakers were in when they drafted you because they're kind of in a similar yeah. place now, right? They're trying to find yes, their their footing again. So when you're watching the Lakers from afar, I, you always hear this from former Lakers that you know it's a Laker family you're once you're a Laker you're a Laker for life so like as you're watching the Lakers go through the struggles that they've gone through the last few years and then now it looks like they kind of have their footing is there you can really relate to that kind of process that they're on right now right of course and you know like I'm not gonna be a super uh I would say uh, a good thing to say that the Laker fans might not appreciate that but the Laker fans I've been pretty lucky man yes <laughs> let's just <laughs> let's just keep in perspective that 17 championship over the last 30 plus years that's not too bad, right I mean <laughs> it's 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 one of those things and a, a, a greatness and championship level team takes time regardless of what you want to say, in order to accomplish great things, you have to pay the due diligence, the process, the price, whatever you want to call it, to achieve greatness. And I think that's what happens. And it's actually very refreshing to see Luke on the sideline because we was just joking with him that he was going to be um, <laughs> at the Los Angeles Lakers coaches one day. And it's actually fun to see that happening. It's fun to see the young guys being hungry and realizing that playing for the Lakers 
it's it means something. We are about championship mentality. We are about the championship culture. So it's it's unfortunate, but it's also very fortunate because it gives you those opportunity to appreciate when the the, the boat is beautifully built. But you have to start somewhere with the foundation. Yeah, and you you mentioned like being teammates with Luke Walton. It seems like everybody that I taught that I've ever talked to that was teammates with Luke Walton has like a favorite story about him. Do you have a favorite Luke Walton story <laughs> that you can tell on the air? <laughs> no, even the ones even the ones you can't tell on the air. We'll we'll, we'll work with it too. Oh <laughs> uh, no, hell no, man! I'm going down to the grave. Uh, no, but uh, let me think. Let me think about it. Uh, I would say, okay, so do you guys remember when uh, the the Lakers had, like, uh, the TV show with Luke Walton, like, Road Trip with Luke or something mm-hmm. like that, right? That was back when they were so on the So I would whatever. say that my – yeah, my favorite memories probably – I mean, yes, it's on the basketball court. Playing with him was, like, so easy as a big guy, right? But my favorite memory with Luke, it's not just him. It's Luke, Jordan Farmer. Vladimir Romanovich, Brian Cook, and Lamar Odom. It's the, we used to have like movie nights. Mm. And on the road, we rotating like from room to room and just staying in and just watching movies and ordering room service. To me, that's probably, and I can make it, I can make it an argument about my most cherished time in, in my 10-year career. The level of bond that we have had on that team was second to none and and those are the memories that i cherish and that sometimes i reminisce about uh those those the closeness that we had of the basketball court yeah it's funny the the kids that i i call them kids but the the young lakers right now show share a similar Mm -hmm. bond right they're always talking trash on twitter they play Fortnite together they Mm -hmm. do all those kinds Mm -hmm. of things how important is that to the success long term it's because people tend to think, well, I'll just get in the gym, crucial. but yeah, go ahead. No, no, it's crucial. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry that I interrupted you no, because I'm it. just so passionate. I'm so passionate about about that because that's what it takes. It takes the level business on court, but also the understanding about who you are as a human being off the basketball court as well. And I think that that's part that's part of the growth. That's part of friendship, and that's part of like, you know what like. When the line is drawn in the sand, like who is going to be willing to protect his teammate like he was protecting his own member of his family? And I think that's why uh, that's why it makes championship. Uh, and I think it makes it makes a big difference. Can you I'd like to go back to the to the locker room that you guys had back there, because, again, it, that process, the Lakers, when they drafted you, were not in a great place. The that season that they drafted you or the, the season before you left actually is, is actually my favorite Lakers season of all time because it went from mm-hmm. Kobe demanding a trade uh, in the parking lot saying yeah. that he would like to play on Pluto and then the team winds up in the finals. What was, what was that season like? To, to kind of go back to the roller coaster theme of your career, that had to be a pretty insane season. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I would say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that it was a very eventful uh, season that I've just imagined a kid from college uh, coming into the Lakers. I've never seen, I've never seen that, like the craziness that was going on around it, but that's the level of excellence that we demanded from each other, uh, from the, the, the ownership, 
demanding us to be great and from Kobe Bryant and also each and every one of us to wanting to be great and wanting to accomplish things on the basketball court. But it was fun because uh, those moments, I mean, obviously the number, the numerous conversation that I've had with Kobe uh, about that, the frustration, whatever it may be. But I'm also proud of like the level of growth that started before I got there. But since I got there in 2005, until 2008, like we all just grew together and also just kept on challenging each other, just kept challenging each other to be greater than what we already are, what we already were, you know what I mean? And um, and Kobe's frustration just tilted to that point. It was a crazy moment, but it was a pivotal moment into, into our season, into our life. And I think all of us uh, went through the process. And after we lost in the, for the Boston Celtics, I wish I was with those guys uh, the following two years to win championship with those guys and, and like finishing the story of that book. You know what I mean? Uh, because it was a story that we started building like the bricks, like building a house together. Like I just didn't get a chance to do the housewarming party. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But it was beautiful to be a part of that. The, so Yeah. And it, you, I was gonna. I go I wanted to ask really quick. Uh, you, you know, you brought up like yeah, yeah. that season with Kobe and what that was like. And just like everybody yeah. has a favorite Luke Walton story, I think everybody has a favorite Kobe story. What do you remember most about playing with Kobe that year or other years? I mean, I've I've I have so many fun memories uh, 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 with him. I'm I'm so thankful to have shared my my first three years of my career alongside of him and getting to know him a little bit. Uh, better off the court and just kind of like seeing the the, the different side of them. Uh, I would say one of my favorite one, and we always joke about it, but it's like one time uh, I think it was in Indiana. He calls my my phone in the room and it's like one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning, and I hear lobby five minutes. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, bro, like okay. And then we went to like steak and shake or whatever to have a milkshake and just talk about the game plan and life for like 30 or 40 minutes. You know what I mean? Like that was, that was fun. Um, but we definitely shared, shared a lot of fun over the years um, playing. And I think that's why I was proud of him too. Like just letting us in a little bit more, just having uh, like playing games inside of his room and stuff and like seeing him open up more and more and more. And, and I think I'm so proud of him and to just even see him now just open up and just let people in a little bit more. I think that's that's part of his growth, and that's why I'm proud of him. I've and all, the, I've there was that there was that clip of Allen Iverson the other day talking about how he thinks Kobe's kind of a little bit underappreciated historically now, even though we're only like a couple years out from him retiring. Do you think that that's the case? Like, do you think yeah. that he is underrated historically? I think I, I, to to each his own, right? And I think that's that's. That's part of one Kobe's personality, but also part of the word. I mean, like, not to get too philosophical on you guys, but we are, as human beings, designed to connect, right? And I think that Kobe made a choice to be one, of, to be in a conversation, to be one of the greatest that ever played the game. And I think that required a tremendous amount of of, of sacrifice uh, that he's conscious of. And I think because. Uh, he cared so much about both um, family, but also wanting to be great. I think he was like, you know what? If I'm going to sacrifice off the court stuff, I better be sure that I'm going to give everything I have to basketball. You know what I mean? And I think that the the underappreciated or whatever it may be is part of the 
of what makes him great. He did not really allow people in too much because he wanted to just be so great at it. And I think that comes at a cost. And I think that's why when I talked about the evolution of him, uh, the evolution of his leadership, the evolution of who he is as a man or whatever, is to understand that it's a necessary part of being part of the conversation in one of the greatest, to let people in, to let people understand him more and more. So I, you, you had an interesting phrase a second ago when you talked about putting together the house and not getting to enjoy the house party. As as we talked earlier, you yeah. signed that deal with Golden State. The Lakers wound up not being yeah. able to match it. And yeah. uh, and after you signed with Golden State, you kind of started bouncing around a little bit while the Lakers yeah. won a couple titles. Is there? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's so much regret, but is there ever any time that you kind of wonder what might have been had you stuck it out with the Lakers? Uh, maybe you should read my book one day that I'm going to write. Uh, <laughs> but let me let me just put you into my shoes. Uh-huh. Uh, you you grew up in the Caribbean. You made a promise to your mom to take care of her. Um, and you finally find yourself a, a sense of identity of community where you really appreciate for who you are, where you are coaching, being coached by, by Phil Jackson. You have brothers on the team. And you come to uh, a surprise offer of $17 million. And the other offer that you have on the table from the Lakers is the qualifying offer that is one year, $1 million mm. on the table. Like, what do you do? You know what I'm saying? And and there was a lot of stuff that happened that you guys don't know, but that I know uh, that happened behind behind the scene. But like, what do you do? Like, legitimately, uh, if people... Um, if, if you really think that I wanted to leave the Lakers, I mean, I'm going to cuss. I don't want to cuss right now, but you are fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I didn't want to live. Like, come on, let's keep it real, man. Like, my life was almost like, quote, unquote, perfect. But you got to make sacrifices because I promised my mom that I wanted to take care of her. And please, I don't want my comment to be, oh, my God, Ronnie's saying that one year, one million dollars is not a lot of money. This is not what I'm saying. Is <laughs> is the offer that was on the table, the choices that I've had, uh, I probably would have signed for way less money um, uh, to the Los Angeles Lakers, but I decided to take uh, the security for the long-term security to make sure that I take care of my family and just set myself up for the future generation. So it's not necessarily regret because I obviously did not want to leave, but I had almost like, that, that my choice was made very, very difficult. And, uh, that's something that I have to live with for the rest of my life. And I do not think about what would my life be uh, if I would have stayed because I had to take this offer. Yeah, I'm not I'm not holding it. I would take the seventeen million dollars. I'm not I'm not I'm, yeah. not, I'm not gonna no. lie. Uh, but the, no, but just just but just to keep it in perspective, like that was a very, 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 very difficult uh, seven days in my life. My mother knows it because she was with me when I didn't leave my house for like seven days, mm. uh, just seeing what would happen if the Lakers would match it and just kind of like having this internal battle. Like, I want to play, uh, but the Lakers, uh, my, I might not play. Like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? My mom knows. The people close to me knows how difficult he was uh, to leave the Lakers. So Are the, those kind to, of behind-the-scenes factors? Is that like is that one of the hardest things about playing in the pros that people don't talk about? Because people talk about the 82-game season, the grind of that, yeah. the travel at late hours and things like that. But yeah. like, what do you think is the most difficult thing about playing in the pros that people don't know about? It's the, the social ramification of, of 
of relationships, man. Like, I mean, as much, as difficult, as hard as we may think that we act or that we, like there is this uh, professional, not professional athlete stigma. Like, it's almost like people forget that we are human beings, man. And it's like, we are not robots, bro. Like, we have feelings. We have things that we that, that we fight through. And the most difficult part is like, how do you navigate interpersonal relationship uh, inside the world? Like, do people like me for who I am? Or do people like me for what I represent? Like, how do I navigate through that? What is it like to, to be a professional athlete, to be, uh, quote unquote, the financial household of a family at the age of 25? Like, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with people just telling you that you don't deserve that kind of money? And I'm like, what? so it's a whole bunch of like relationship things and the psychological aspect of what, how much sacrifice do you have to make in order to accomplish what we accomplish on the basketball court? I think that's the most difficult part. Yeah, I, I really like how you put that. It's funny, I, w- one of the theories I've kind of had for a long time is that People look at professional athletes as like it's Infinity War premieres tonight, right? And and people mm-hmm. look at, at basketball players as kind of superhuman, as as yeah. Captain America's, and they don't really mm-hmm. you don't think of like what Captain America might be thinking behind his head while he's fighting Thor or whatever. But he, yeah. but, but you you know that 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 same kind of stuff goes on with professional athletes. It, it is mm-hmm. that is that the the largest disconnect between athlete and fan yeah yeah but i think i also understand i mean like i'm not just talking about like the athletes are right and the fans are wrong like i also understand that as a fan like you don't really care about you want to be entertained and i get and i get that mm-hmm. and i think that's what i would love to be able to do for example just for an idea and i'm going to throw it out there and maybe somebody will take it i would love for the professional athletes to kind of like immerse themselves in a fan's life for like a day or two and I would love for a fan to immerse themselves into a day or two of a professional athlete's life. Because I feel like if that happened, it would be such a beautiful thing to allow each and every one of us to have like the perception uh, of what the other is going through. So a better understanding and a better relationship. <laughs> you know what I mean? I could make it through like half of a practice of a professional athlete. <laughs> yeah, I'm sad. Like, I want this job just to see Anthony switch places with the Laker for the day and just see how that goes. <laughs> that would be fun, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, it would be fun because then you would appreciate an athlete missing a, missing a shot, for example. Mm-hmm. And as, as an athlete, you would appreciate someone just being so dedicated and so in love with what we represent as, a, as, 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 as athletes. You know what I'm saying? I think it's a beautiful thing. I want to see Anthony do that too, because I, I will laugh. I'll be like, ah, you thought that was easy. Come on, get your reps, get your reps. I, I just want to, I want to be clear. I will not be partaking in a practice. I, I no, enjoy you and Lonzo trading places next year. I, I enjoy, I enjoy my, I enjoy having my legs underneath me. It's just it's okay. it's one of the things right. I enjoy having. Okay, good, good. That's what makes us different then, because I'm willing, I'm willing to go for it, yep. and I'm willing to not. So, anyways, uh, the, I wanted to to get back to the to the theme of the roller coaster thing because your your career is really yes, interesting to me. Is you know, and and yeah. you had that you had that tough decision with the Lakers, and then you kind of bounce around the league a bit. Yeah. And then you find yourself being a free agent, and you go from being a free agent to champion with the Miami Heat. 
What was that? Yeah. What was yes, that? Sir. Those few months. What was that like? I would imagine that was a bit of a blur, not too dissimilar from how you the very beginning of your career. Yeah, the story of my life. I feel I feel like the story of my, of my career is the story of what we go through as human beings, right? Like you think that is the worst, and then you always come up. If you stick to it, if you keep going, there is always a silver lining in every kind of like situation. And 2011, 2012 was a very interesting year for me. Uh, I broke my hand twice. Uh, I did not have the best season. Uh, starting 2011, even though I was in the best, I got, I worked so hard, man. Like I've never worked. I mean, I don't know if I've never, but I worked so hard the summer of 2011. I was in the best shape ever, broke my hand two weeks prior to the uh, European championship. I come back to the Wizards, uh, break my hand after, after New Year's. And the funny thing is I get traded. Then I'm like, man, this sucks. I get released. And that's when you know that if you stay true to yourself, good things will happen. Because after I was a free agent, I got three phone calls. And out of those three phone calls, two of those teams were championship caliber team. And at that moment, Pat Riley put the pressure on me. And he clearly told me, Ronnie, you are not signing anywhere but us. And it was such an amazing moment for me to feel in the moment of, 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 of unbalance, right? Like, oh, crap, what's going to happen? To get a call from, those, from, from Pat Riley and to get a text message from, from the guys on the team telling me that they wanted me on their team was an amazing moment, you know? And, and I'm so thankful for the Miami Heat organization uh, to have bet on me in 2012. And I'm so thankful... Uh, to have started eight games. I'm so thankful for the relationship that I have to this day with uh, with CB. And I'm so thankful for LeBron and D-Wade and UD and all of the OGs and Juwan Howard, Mike Miller, Shane Batty. I mean, I could talk on and on about those guys because winning a championship, that was an amazing, amazing experience that to this day, I'm still not even realizing that I'm an NBA champion. So, so what's life been post retirement? How how uh, how have you enjoyed life after uh, after you hanging up your shoes? Well, it's been uh, as I would say as amazing as it was. It was also difficult in a sense, but uh, I can safely say that I truly enjoy right now being in the middle of nowhere in France with my mom, my niece, my uncle, celebrating everybody's birthday, and being there for that for me is like truly amazing. Uh, I've enjoyed traveling the world. I'm on a mission to do charitable acts in every country in the world. I've worked with the NBA. So thankful for the NBA to have helped me work with the junior NBA uh, program all over Europe, Africa, and Asia. So thankful for the NBA academies. So thankful for like people that I've met along the way that have told me about amazing opportunity. Man, I've met so many inspiring people that are doing so many amazing things in the world. As you can see, I'm so passionate about it because this is fueling my life on a daily basis, man. Like this has been, it's been a, a very, very amazing journey uh, that I've been on, that I've moved, that I've moved on and I've moved into, into this third life of my life, I guess. Third life.
And, and, you know, to bring this thing full circle, I don't know if you'd be able to do the things that you're doing across the world if you don't accept that offer, right? And so... Hell no! That, that's, <laughs> that, that's why it's, you know, when, when we talk about, you know, I, I feel like you are a, a adamant and fervent believer in, in you know, the, everything happens for a reason. And as tough as yes, those seven days were to make that decision and then eventually wind up in Golden State, well, that all leads to you being able to do the things that you're doing today. Without, without, without a doubt, man. And I mean, uh, without a doubt. And it's, it's, a, it's a very, and I could talk on and on about those kind of things, about everything happening for a reason. But like, I'm so thankful for everything that has happened in my life. And I can't believe that I'm actually saying that. You know what I mean? That means that I guess I'm becoming more and more mature. But I feel like the place that I'm in right now is to honor the little 11, 12, 13 years old Ronnie that never thought it would be able to travel to country to country and just do good and mean inspiring people and be like a, a, a free dragonfly, just morphing into something that is cool. You know what I'm saying? So I'm very thankful uh, for this and all of that stuff would have never happened if all of those things happened when I was a little kid. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. See, you actually, as we're looking, wrapping things up here and like, thank you so much for giving us this much time. I, I do. You make retirement sound pretty awesome. I am. This is actually my last episode of this podcast. I'm retiring from podcasting, at least for a little while after this. You have any retirement advice for me? All you have to do is just uh, send me a text message or an email and I teach you everything that I know, because as amazing <laughs> as it was, it was also difficult to veer, veer away from something that I've done every single day as hard as I could since the age of 14. So while I was kind of like, you know, like I lost myself in basketball, after basketball, only to find myself again. And I think that's the story of redemption. That's the story of everything happening for a reason. So your podcast, Life, my brother, I've been through it. Let me know. I'm almost becoming an expert at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm in the market for a for a co-host, Roni. So I, I might I might have to reach out and and we might have to see what we can pull off. Here. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure as, people... as long as as long as I can be uh, as I can be location free, uh, maybe I can definitely uh, check in for you. That's for sure. <laughs> that works. We'll we'll make you our world correspondent. We'll just wherever you are in the country, you just give us see? a give us a review see? of the country you're in. We're just going to do like a headline grab to say, just say Roni Turioff agrees to be next Locked On Lakers co-host. <laughs> and just like, you don't actually yes. have to come on, but we'll just get our, some attention for ourselves that way. Yeah, okay, that sounds good. I was, but I mean, <laughs> shit, I, I want to be able to talk about the amazing thing that I do and the people that I meet. So sign me up, send me the contract on my email, and I can sign it. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Roni, for hopping on with us. This was an absolute blast year and inspiration. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. Talk to you soon, co-host. That was Roni Turioff. That was amazing. He's going to be our our travel correspondent. That's pretty exciting. Uh, it would appear, for those of you keeping track at home, I traded Harrison for Pete and Roni Turioff. I'm not going to say it. I'm not, I'm not going to go so far as to say that this was the POW for, for Kwame trade or the Kwame for POW trade because I got two POWs. Uh, so it was actually better than that trade. But, you know, hashtag blessed. Hi, Harrison. 
Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, I can't disagree with that. <laughs> like, you know, like, I, I would love to say that I'm like this, like, transcendent talent that you're not going to survive without. But you guys are going to be fine. Like you, Roni, Pete, who going to stop that? This is going to be fun, right? That That's the... Yeah, the this is like, but just with no Roni Curry, I'll photoshopped in. <laughs> um, all right, so we teased it all show. Harrison has a final hot take, and then we're going to talk. He's going to talk about what's what's next for him. It's a you guys are going to be pretty excited about that. I'm I'm not going to lie, but Harrison, let's let's do the audio. Let's send you off in style. Harrison's final hot take until he comes back and gives a hot take for free. Uh, let's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I expect I I my Venmo's open, man. You will be you'll pay up if I'm going to come back. Uh huh. <laughs> All right, Anthony, this is one I've been holding in for quite a while, and judging by my mentions, the, my emails, DMs, letters that I get in the mail, our listeners are going to agree with this, and I'm, I just have to say it. Somebody finally has to point it out. Anthony's takes are single-handedly the cause of the Lakers' ruin over the last <laughs> several years. Anthony, I got a question for you. We're going to connect some dots right here, okay? We're going to connect some dots. All right. When did you start your Twitter account? 2009. It was, two th- it was August of 2009, and so why is that date meaningful? The Lakers have won exactly one, one championship since then. You know how many what year they won before Anthony got on Twitter? Fifteen. Oof. And it's clear, what is clear to me is that God saw how you react to titles and how you run a Twitter account, <laughs> and he decided to punish the Lakers for it. Kobe's injury, Dwight oh Howard's God. existence, Snapchat gate. The Dang and Mozgov contracts, this is all your fault. Wake up, sheeple. You need to get Anthony the hell out of here, okay? None of that stuff, you can't, this is all facts. None of those things happened before Anthony started tweeting. So how else does it make sense that the Mozgov deal got signed like 18 seconds into free agency if it wasn't divine intervention? You can't agree to deals that fast. We all know Mitch and Jim don't tamper, Anthony. That's been, reco- that's been reported. So is it a coincidence the Kobe never that never had a major injury before you got Twitter? I don't think so. Or then a major free agent has never left the Lakers? Probably not. Snapchat was invented after you created a Twitter <laughs> just to take down D'Angelo Russell and break apart that unstoppable Lakers core. It, this is all your fault, Anthony. So all that stuff about me taking a new job and trying to be nice about why I was leaving the show, all lies. I'm finally, the muzzle is off. I'm no longer under contract. I am leaving the show because like the Lakers, I need to get you out of here, out of my life. Or I guess if I'm like, I'm going to speak this to you in a language that you will understand. More like Banthony, because that's what I'm doing with you from my life at the advice of my doctor, all of my family members, my girlfriend, and a random person I met on the street. And like, you know what? I think the Lakers need to do the same thing. It's just, you are sometimes the most willfully self-destructive person I've ever met. You make a dumb <laughs> joke. Even lie. You make a dumb joke or pun on Twitter or an ent- or like just casually call an entire fan base racist. And then somehow you're shocked when they get mad at you. And you're like, oh man, why is everybody so mad at my mention? I don't know, man, Anthony. Maybe it's because you implied because like somebody booed LeBron that like all of Utah was racist. I don't know. Like, so it, it's like watching a dog chase its own tail for an hour, except for the tail is coated in poison and it keeps biting it anyway and then getting mad that it feels sick. Like, it's it's insane. And so, like, do you guys know? How, like, this has driven me crazy over the last couple of years. Do you know how annoying it is to have people at me 
every single day to ask me to stop you from tweeting or for people to think that I am your complaint box. And, like, they just need to send me an email if you say that Brandon Ingram isn't an NBA player. I know he's crazy, guys. I just wasn't allowed to say it. So I'm out, and I'm taking the anonymous source and nihilistic Rob Palenka with me. If the Lakers were smart and they wanted to actually fix their problems, they would pay Twitter whatever it took. Like, this is a way they can get around the cap. Just pay Twitter whatever it takes to delete your account, get you out of coverage, and ban you so they can return to glory and post up a couple more banners. They just need to count the rings since you joined Twitter, faking out. I can't even disagree with any of that. Yeah, I, that I, was. I can't do it. Wild. That got really real. I'm. I'm it sorry. Did? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the family and doctor stuff killed me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, you know, like as I was writing that, I was sitting there and I was like, you know, how much of this is parody and how much of this is my real opinion just finally coming hey, out? The best and humor is based in truth. <laughs> yeah, the best humor is based in truth, right? Like, there's there has to be some truth to the best the humor. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna lie. There were a couple times where I probably got a little bit of heartburn because of things that you tweeted, <laughs> and something that you know maybe will continue. We'll see moving we'll see. forward. Uh, I do. I do want to say, like, to to the countless people who have asked, like, how do you, how does Anthony still keep g- getting gigs in this stuff? How is he What's still fun? around? Like, can like, I just interrupt you say- one more time again? Again, shouts to Reddit, like. Like the fact that you had to say countless people and that you're not aware of why like that, you know, sometimes you do things that make people mad Mm -hmm. is like the best part of this. Yeah. No, I mean, I I look to I got to I got to I got to address that. I don't know how I keep getting gigs, but I keep getting them. So you can keep hating me. I saw the people on Reddit had a couple ideas. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I saw that, too. Uh, Uh, David and I have a cool relationship. I don't know what you guys are talking about. All right, so uh, let's um, let's let's get to the last bit of news, actual news here. Uh, Harrison, yeah, uh, the Paul George free agency stuff, not actual news. We're not here yet, to cover, not yet, not yet. We're here to cover the real free agency news that you care about, <laughs> and it is that I am I'm leaving Lakers Nation, and I'm, this is not parody. Like people are going to ask me, I'm like, oh, are you kidding? Like they asked me every single time that I was like saying that I was leaving Locked On Lakers. This is a joke, right? It's setting up a bit. Nope, none of this is a bit. I am leaving Lakers Nation, and that's like a little bit bittersweet because I really did love my time at Lakers Nation. Uh, Matt Moreno is one of the best editors I've ever worked with. They just have like an incredible machine there, and I think that I learned a lot that I'm going to be able to take to my next destination, and I am going back to run Silver Screen and Roll as the editor-in-chief of that site. And so that is starting today. I will be, you know, we're recording this on Sunday, but on Monday, as this is announced, I will be on a lot of conference calls and I am, uh, I'm really excited for this next move. I think that it's the right time. And, you know, I, I'm there. I think this site is ready to go to the next level and I'm ready to be a part of that. And I think that I'm ready to like build a team that I'm really excited about and I'm excited about just like being able to being able to put up content in a different outlet for you guys. And I hope that all of you that listen to this or that enjoy my writing will follow me over there and will continue to uh, we can continue to interact in the comment section and on Twitter. So I'm not going anywhere. I'll still be covering the Lakers very much, actually probably covering the Lakers more than I was this year. Mm-hmm. But I will just be that I have a new writing home and I'm I'm really really excited about it. I think it's going to be an awesome thing. Yeah, un- unfortunately Harrison's move uh 
means that he cannot continue here in in any official standpoint or from a, an official standpoint. But it does look. We have joked and stuff. He is going to come on maybe once or twice a month. Uh, we have Pete signed up for two shows a week. We have Roni signed up for every new country that he goes to. He's <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna hop on with us. Um, the show is going to be in a really good place. There are more announcements to come. Hopefully, we think. Um, yeah. And, and like I was just, the other thing too is I'm just I'm really excited to head back to Silver Screen Roll. This is where I got my start. Yeah. Uh, you know I can I have the Skylar Graham coming home montage playing in my head, and you know the the dream and the goal was always to get to go and lead that site and continue to push it uh, to continue improving. And I think that we made a lot of steps while I was there the first time, and I'm ready to continue to take more steps and bring you guys the best Lakers coverage that uh, that I can bring you. Yeah, and and if it all goes to plan, it it you guys are going to be thrilled about how Silver Screen looks. I'll just I'll just tease that. That's that's another, you know, we're professionals at this now. Yeah, uh, exactly. We're just going to keep. We're like we're honestly we're the Marvel universe of podcasts. We just every single podcast just sets up so that you want to listen to the next show and keep mm-hmm. following. It's like oh man, you that movie was cool, right? But just wait for the sequel. It's going to be even better. Miss Marvel's coming. Isn't it Captain Marvel? Uh, I think it's I don't Captain, know. It's Captain Marvel. Is... I thought it was Miss Marvel, no, but it's Captain. That was. Oh no! You know what? Yeah, that's right. They're, the originally. Okay, I'm. I'm not going to get too far into the comics here. It's. it's you're right. Oh. Um. All right. So on a on a serious note, we are actually sending Harrison off into the into the sunset. His, now, fortunately, because he has such a long neck, you know, like cowboys are right right into the sunset, and it takes a long time. Like. Harrison's ride into the sunset is going to be really long because his his neck will just keep on appearing over the horizon. Um, but I do want to say on a, on a serious note, we set out on this we on accident, right? We 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 started this podcast on accident with uh, with a group of guys. It was it was us. It was Gary Kester, Ryan Kellipier, Ben Rosales, Jerry Kachoyan, <clears throat> Matt Vazin. We all just kind of we we. Back then, Twitter didn't – it was 140 characters and all of the ats in the conversation counted as those characters. So we basically wanted to figure out a place where we could have conversations about the Lakers um, and tanking was, was the subject back then. And uh, we we finally decided on Google Hangouts and I accidentally pressed record and people happened to – to like that, I this all started from. This is why I like D'Angelo Russell. I so told much. you the D'Angelo Russell thing is your fault. You taught him how to do this. <laughs> uh, your actions. Uh, fast forward, so you know from there it became uh, Silver Screen wanted the show, so we did uh, what was it Lakers Late Night and the Lakers Lounge, and then David called and said he wanted us to do Locked On Lakers, and two years later of that we are we are where we are now. And it has opened up doors for me that I didn't think were possible. It, it's it's op- it's helped open doors. Although Harrison is a freaking superstar, so he was gonna he was gonna bust through those doors anyway. Uh, but it's I don't been know a about ride. superstar. I'm like I'm like a very hardworking role player. It, those are important. Those are yeah. important. Like you know, uh, it's why everybody like David likes everybody I'm likes like Larry Nance Jr. so much because he looks like he's working hard, right? So. Um, Looks like, <laughs> uh, but I, I, I do want to say though, we are we are what like four or five years into this now, four years. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think so. 
Uh, and it's been it's been one hell of a ride. It's a good thing I don't have any alcohol in my system right now because I would I would probably tear up and 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 it would get a little dusty in here. But uh, Harrison, it's been a freaking blast, man. It's been so freaking. I this has been unreal. It's been really like, fun. There are going to be times where I'm I don't miss like recording five episodes a week for sure. Like that. Like part of that is like. You know, it's cool because, like, this is a lot. It's a lot of, like, stuff. And sometimes it's hard to come up with things to talk about for that many hours a week. But, you know, I am going to miss this show. And I'm going to miss talking to you guys so much because it's just so different getting to do it in podcast form than it is in written form. You just – you really – you connect in a different way. I feel like the people that tweet me about the podcast are, like, so much more – connected and like like i just have, feel like i have more of a connection with those people than i do with like you know the people that are having discussions about something that i wrote because it, it's really it, it is a conversation between us and you and we hope that you enjoy what we do and i hope that you did enjoy what i did and you know i'm, I'm gonna miss this and like as much as that hot take was partially real i'm gonna miss you too anthony <laughs> um so i have to i have to change the uh i have to change the the teaser of the uh, or where you can find the show as always you can find the show on megaphone slash panoply itunes TuneIn, stitcher today's fast break spotify alexa silver screen and roll where harrison writes eh, we'll see i don't know if it's going to be good enough with me gone for me to put it on the site so get out of here you we'll can... have to you know we'll have to think about it Pete and I on a podcast, and you're going to turn that as con- can't turn that down as content on a. Daily I don't know, basis. man. You got to you got to grease you got to grease my palms a little bit. We'll see. It might go the opposite direction. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as always, follow me on Twitter at Anthony Irwin LA. Follow Harrison on Twitter at Trader. Um, I swear, if you do not get it's at HM Fagan. <laughs> this is my last appearance. You're going to get it right, and I'm going to get the sympathy follows from leaving the show. <laughs> Uh, again, it's been, it's been so much fun doing this and, and, and going on. I mean, I, I can call it, we can call it a journey three, four, five years in the making. We can call it a journey and it, and it's led us to here and it's opened up doors. It's made it so that we can both, we can both now do this as careers. Like this is the, and that was always the goal when we first set out that we wanted to, we wanted to get to a place where both Harrison and I could do this as careers and, and it's looking like it's going to work that way. So congratulations, Harrison. Nobody in this industry deserves success more than you do. Thank uh, you. And to our listeners, I'm sorry for Anthony. <laughs> to those, and again, look, this is, this is ending on a solemn note because it is a bummer that Harrison is leaving. But those of you who are listening right now, I guarantee you you're going to like the show moving forward. I even joined Reddit so that you guys could help me clean up my, my act a little bit. I, that was the purpose of that was – I want to uh, get back to being maybe I, I'll be nice for like a month or so. But if you guys keep pissing me off, I I, have, I can't make any promises beyond that. I'm not going to miss that being my problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but 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 yeah, have a great day, everybody. We'll be back at it again on on uh, on Wednesday. Uh, hope you guys had a great weekend, Harrison. Congratulations. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs>